Good morning. Great to be with you again. Two weeks ago, we saw from Habakkuk chapter one how he was really concerned about two things. The first thing he was concerned about was the godless backslidden state of his nation Israel. The second was the upcoming Babylonian invasion and occupation of his nation. When we get to chapter two, we see Habakkuk in a more reflective, more at peace kind of pose. He's waiting on God and that, today that's our theme. What does it mean to wait upon the Lord? He was in limbo. He was straddled between two time periods, between the pre-Babylonian and the post-Babylonian times or eras. He was uncertain what the future would hold. Would he survive? Would the people he loves and knows survive? Would he stay in Israel? Would he be deported? Would he be able to get food and daily necessities? Would the conquering nation impose punitive taxes on his nation? I suppose to a lesser degree, we are straddled between two time periods, aren't we? Between pre-coronavirus, post-coronavirus. And many of us are wondering what might life be like afterwards, after lockdown? Well, Habakkuk's response was to wait upon the Lord. And I want to commend this to you, to wait on the Lord. He says this, he says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what God will say to me. And God replies in verse three, he says, though it linger Habakkuk, wait for it. Well, how do we wait upon the Lord? I'd like to suggest three ways that waiting on the Lord means. The first thing waiting on the Lord means is we wait on the Lord patiently. Verse three, though it linger, wait for it. Now the Hebrew word for wait here means to be patient. Now, usually when I pray about something, I don't get an answer. In fact, I don't think I've ever got an answer immediately after praying about something. Um, but there's usually a period of time before some insight comes or something practically happens to me that would indicate God has answered my prayer. But it's during this time of waiting that we need to be patient. Well, how can we be patient? I mean, I'm sure you'll agree it's sometimes rather a rare jewel, isn't it? Well, the first way that we can be patient or gain patience is by humbling ourselves. Thing is, in, in times of uncertainty and difficulty, I get frustrated when what I think should be happening doesn't happen. And that certainly was the case with Habakkuk. He was deeply perplexed with God's plan to send the Babylonians to invade his nation. He was frustrated. He was impatient with God. He thought he knew best. Well, humbling myself means I acknowledge I don't actually know best often. I don't know everything or have all the answers to the dilemmas of life, but God does. I humble myself when I accept that God is sovereign, he's king and in charge of all things, including my life. And when I accept it's more about God and a lot less about me, what I'm doing is I'm humbling myself. And this helps me and it will help you to be patient in, in, in times of uncertainty. So the first deliberate we action we can take to gain patience is to humble ourselves. The second is this, it's to value negative things that happen to us in our lives. James writes this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, 
that you lack nothing. Well, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be mature and complete and not lack anything? Everybody wants that. Well, the Bible says that the way we get that is through going through trials and difficulties in our lives. And when trials come our way, often straight away what we want to do is dump it and get rid of the pain. And that's completely understandable. But God is using our pain. He's repurposing our discomfort to do something of great value in your life. He's making you mature, complete and bringing you to the point in your life where you lack nothing. What a wonderful thing. Well, let me just let me just illustrate this, because my wife, Liz, is a dumper and I tend to be a keeper. What I mean by that is if something breaks in the house, Liz will think, well, let's just dump this and get a new one. And that's fair enough. But I tend to look at items that break and think, I wonder if I could take something from that and use it to fix something else in the future or even make something completely new out of it. Well, let me let me just show you something that that actually happened to me with. What do you think to this nice little number then? Apart from the pictures, Alex's pictures here, this is all salvage. This piece of wood here I got from the skip outside Chelmsford Avenue Church whilst I was helping clear it out a bit. And they let me have a nice strip of mahogany. They were sending it to the dump anyway, but I got it and took it in my garage. And our Joe one day saw this and uh, he decided he could make his sister a nice present out of that. And he carved, cut it down and carved this rather nice frame. Well, I have a part to play as well, because when we moved into our house, there were these rather nice strips of metal um, that the previous owner had dumped. And I thought, you know what, I can use that for something. And I mounted them on this frame and they are an excellent way of supporting these pictures without them sagging. Good, eh? Well, what's my point with this? It's simply this, that when troubles come our way, we consider, we think our trials, our tribulation are of no value at all for the dump. Get rid of them. When we realise the troubles we go through are actually beneficial, we can, to some degree at least, see our problems in a new light. Why would the picture frame, a thrown away piece of wood and bits of metal that were transformed into something of value, attractive and useful? Well, in the same way, God's transforming us. He's making us mature and complete, not lacking anything. But the way that happens is through troubles and sufferings happening in our lives helps us to get patience when we're going through uncertain times. Well, look, let me ask you this. Are you going through trials and troubles in your life right now, whether it's to do with this present situation or other things? Well, may this truth of God's transforming power encourage you and enable you to patiently wait for God to bring his answer to your need in your life. So we gain patience by first humbling ourselves, secondly, by valuing life's trials and tribulations that come our way. The second thing it means to wait upon God is we wait upon him obediently. Habakkuk writes this, he says, I will stand at my watch. I will station myself on the ramparts. That's military talk, isn't it? Military language. Thing is, if you're on duty and you're in the forces, 
No matter how you feel, the one thing you don't do is leave your post. The word wait there doesn't mean hanging around, waiting around. It means actually to serve. Think of a waiter in a restaurant. Think of ladies in waiting. They're there to serve. It means we serve God, but we don't abandon our post. We continue to serve God. And when troubles and setbacks come our way, our instinct can be to walk away from God. We get hurt. We get frustrated. We abandon our posts. We stop praying. We stop reading our Bibles. We stop serving others. We stop attending church. Someone wrote to John Newton, the ex-slave trader and composer of the great hymn, Amazing Grace. He writes to John and says, John, I'm not getting anything out of praying at the moment. John's reply is this. I can tell you, you'll get absolutely nothing from not praying. <laughs> well, waiting on the Lord obediently means continuing to do the things you should do. But there's another part to it, and that's this. It also means not doing things you should not do. And let's face it, when we feel weary, fed up, bored, like probably this lockdown makes us feel like, we can do things with money, with sex and with food and drink that we should not do. We do things to make ourselves feel better, feel good, feel high for a moment, but then afterwards feel terrible. Well, let me tell you, that's also what the Bible says is leaving your post. So we wait on God obediently, we serve and obey, we keep doing the things we should do and we steer away from doing things that we shouldn't do. Well, the last thing that waiting on the Lord means is we wait on the Lord with perspective, perspectively. Verse one again, I will station myself on the rampart, ramparts. That's literally a tower, a high tower. I'm up high and I can see things other people can't see. I can see weather coming and be braced. I can spot enemies far off and be warned. I can see reinforcements heading my way and be very encouraged. Waiting on God results in gaining new and liberating perspectives. Paul saw things from a different perspective with regard to his difficulties. He said in Romans 8, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Paul had many problems, many very severe, but in perspective, he saw that they were small in reality. He says our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs them all. What, a, what an amazing thing to see when you see all the things he went through in his life. I got a fresh perspective recently. I was reading Psalm 112 and verse 4 shone out to me and deeply touched my heart. It simply said this, even in darkness, light dawns on the upright. People all around us are hitting a brick wall of despair and hopelessness. Yet those whose trust is in the Lord, light and hope are springing up even in, even in the middle of that. What a great thought. Well, may this truth strengthen and encourage your heart today. May you be conscious of the light of God's presence rising over your circumstances right now. Amen. I'd like to read just one last verse to leave with you and then I'm going to pray for you. It's Isaiah 64 and verse 4. Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on the behalf of those who wait for him it's worth waiting on the Lord. Well may God bless you richly 
as we seek to wait on him. Let me pray. Lord, at this time of uncertainty, help us patiently to wait on you. Help us humble ourselves, not dismiss our troubles as unwelcome invaders, rather embrace them. Help us in obedience to you to keep doing the things we should do and not do things we ought not do. Give us hope as we see things from your perspective. May we know the joy of your presence as we wait in expectation for the bright future you have for each one of us. Amen. And God bless you.